Hello, and welcome back to what I assume is the fourth episode. I can't really remember. I didn't check. Um, in the last episode, I said that the next episode would be about who Jesus was and what he was to explain to people who don't understand or who don't really know or are confused because I've had my dad I've when the last time I went to go see my dad he asked me um why Jesus was so important because we're all the children of God so why is him being a child of God saying that he's the son of God so different than us being children of God and at that time, I didn't really know how to explain it to him. But now I know. And I kind of, I've grasped an understanding of it. And that's what I'm going to be talking about in this. Now, yes, we are all children of God. And Jesus was the son of God. But... Not only is he the son of God, he is God. And that's not saying that there's two gods, because Christianity, quotations, um, well, no, not the quotations around Christianity, but Christianity in the quotation religion quotation, (laughs) I don't really like that word too much, because religion... Religion kind of feels like a need, like you have to, or else this and this won't happen, or or else this and this will happen if you do do it, or, you know, all these little things with, like, little rituals and things like that. Like, that's, that's not really what Christianity is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be a relationship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and that's... That's what I'm about to go into, is the Trinity. Jesus is a part of the Trinity. There's God the Son, God the, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three, the Trinity. Now, some people may get confused and say, like, oh, you serve three gods. No, no, it's one God. But he has three parts and it's confusing. It is a confusing thing that's kind of hard to understand, but if you just think about it, um, just think about it for a couple minutes. God is one person, one being, but he has three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus died, the Son of God, God sent down the Holy Spirit so that people could have that personal relationship with God that we needed. Now, when Jesus was born, or when Jesus was, well, he wasn't exactly conceived. Because Mary was a virgin. That's why she's called the Virgin Mary. Because she didn't, you know, 
she didn't con- the holy spirit god put the baby in her sounds weird when he, you say it um but god the only biological parent that Jesus has is Mary. Joseph is kind of like a stepfather. Joseph is Jesus's earthly father. And so Jesus has no ties biologically with Joseph. The only biological parent he has is Mary, which you can be like, oh, how is that possible? That's impossible. No one can be born with only the, I think it was the Y chromosome. Um, but as the saying goes, nothing is impossible with God. Which actually, um, I don't really know if, well, this did get released, but I don't really know how many people know this. Which you think it would be like a big thing, but it wasn't. It was kind of weird. It's kind of like it's hidden. The media's. The media is really crazy and likes to hide things all the time and make big deals about things that don't really need that big of deals and things like that. And it does that a lot. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to find some things sometimes. But anyways, there's this video where... They actually find... They found the tabernacle. They've already found it. I think it was underneath... No, I don't remember where which mountain it was underneath. But it was underneath a mountain in... In Jerusalem. It was buried. Um, on, on it, though, they found some blood stains. Which I don't... Personally, I don't really know how it got there. Um, I can't really say the specifics of... I don't think anyone can really answer that. But the fact it's there, that's the only thing that matters, is it's there. Doesn't matter how it got there, it's there. Well, they ran a blood test, a DNA test on it. You know, figure out what's going on with this blood. Like, why is it there? Whose blood is it? You know, just curiosity, figuring out the people who lived back then. Now, this was a normal, like, little laboratory down there in Jerusalem. It was kind of small. And, um, the weird thing about it was the blood, humans, people, (laughs) we have two chromosomes. Either a Y chromosome, which I think the Y chromosome comes from the mother, or an X or a Y chromosome. I think it depends on what gender you are, too, for what chromosome happens. I don't exactly remember. I don't, I'm not a big science nerd, so I don't really know how well that works or if I'm even saying it in the right way. Um, I hope I am. I hope I didn't mess anything up. Okay, well, I can't find the video for some reason. Like I said, the media likes to hide things. Um, I'll do some better research. If you want to email me about it, I'll definitely go into heavy research area and take all of my time to try and find this video that I saw. Actually, I, th- I think I saved it on my phone. Yeah, I video recorded it, actually, on my phone. 
So if you want to email me about it, I think if I have it, I will send it to you. And it was a really interesting video. And the blood only had one chromosome. A Y chromosome, which comes from the mother. Again, not so sure. It might be an X. I don't I don't completely remember. I'm not a science nerd, or I don't really know my DNA that well. But from what I remember, that's like impossible. Because in the blood, in the DNA, it shows both chromosomes throughout all of it. So, how could this person only have one chromosome? And that's when the archaeologist had, whenever they had shown him the DNA thing, he had known that was Jesus' blood. Because of the fact that the Bible says that Mary was a virgin when she conceived Jesus. That the Holy Spirit had given him to her to raise. Now, who was Jesus? Jesus was, is, he is the Messiah. He came and he died for our sins. And there's many, there was prophecies before he came that told of the Messiah. But many people in that day didn't really want to believe it. um, Because of ignorance and other things like that. Even though he did perform many miracles and healed many sick people during his lifetime. And hadn't done any faults that no one knew of. Because, because Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. Jesus is one part of God. And because of that, I think, as I've said in a previous episode, God cannot be in the same place as sin for too long because he is so holy now that doesn't exactly mean that whenever someone sinned around jesus that he like dissipated or ran away or something like that no (laughs) um no i don't that's not what happened (laughs) but it's just the fact because jesus was a part of him a part of god He never once sinned in his life. And actually when he died. The sin of the earth. The sin. Okay. So everyone. At least. Everyone at least once or twice. In their life has sinned. Not Jesus. But everyone except for him. (laughs) They've all sinned we've all sinned i've sinned so many times um you've sinned and you may want to be like oh no i haven't it's okay to admit that everyone does it 
but we have to try and be an example of Jesus and show the love of Jesus and try not to commit those sins, even though it's very tempting. And we won't always... We won't always be able to hold that temptation at bay for sinning. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, it wasn't just like a normal dying on the cross. Oh, I can't breathe. My wrists, which technically, or yeah, my hands, which were technically considered the wrist area right below the wrist you know right where those veins right in the middle of that arm part where they considered the hand to start is where they nailed them where they nailed everyone um and then the feet bound together not exactly bound but put together and nailed oh just thinking about it is that sounds excruciating in itself and being put up pulled down by gravity to bleed out until you die in those areas. But it wasn't just like a normal crucifying. Not only did gravity hold him down, but in that moment, in that moment of his last breath, of his last times, well, not exactly his last times, but in that moment when he died, Jesus did what he came on earth to do. All the sins of the world, everything that, every sin that you've done, every sin that I've done, everything that everyone's done, all that sin, it was put on Jesus. It covered him. It was on his shoulders and the pressure of it was all over him. And in that moment, God looked away. Because as you know, God is holy. He can't be in that presence. He can't stay there for too long. And that's in the moment where Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And all that. That's because he was covered in all our sins. And that's when... The prophecy was filled. What he had done to do was fulfilled. He died for us, wearing our sins, so that we could have a relationship with God. He was the last lamb, the last sacrifice that separated us from God. That would join us back together to be able to start that relationship up again after Adam and Eve had sinned. So no more sacrifices are needed. No more sacrifices were needed. Because Jesus was the last. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, even before this happened, 
when Jesus was in the garden, you know, after Jesus had woken up and brought his some of his disciples with him to go to a garden, to Gethsemane, I think it was, to go pray and ask God to help him. Because that was the night that Judas betrayed him and that Judas had given him to the enemy. Now, um, after that, now Jesus went to the garden to pray, and he was scared. He didn't, he, he wanted to know if there was another way, another way for him to fulfill what he had came to earth to do, because in truth, he was terrified. He was terrified to die on the cross to be covered with our sins. So he was praying and asking God to show him mercy and to show him another way. But in truth, there is and there was no other way except for that. And Jesus understood this. And then, you know, all the guards came and Peter cut off one of their ears and Jesus healed them back. And the guards took them to the um, high priests. And all that happened. Now, we can... We can say we we are all children of God. But we can't say and we aren't a, a part of God. That's why Jesus is emphasized as the son of God. Because Jesus wasn't just conceived to marry by God. But Jesus was a part is a part of God. Now, when Jesus died, that wasn't the end of it. Okay, when he died, he did go to hell. But, he went there for a reason. To finish. Now, he had fulfilled the prophecy on earth. But he needed to fulfill it even further. I don't know if I said that right. (laughs) There was another part, another step that he had to take. That would completely fulfill it. Because he fulfilled half of the prophecy. Half of what he came to earth to do. Now in this next half that he had to do. (laughs) It's said that. (laughs) I've heard that people have said that Jesus punched Satan in the face. And took the key of death. And returned it back to where it belonged. Uh, I don't know if Jesus actually punched Satan in the face. (laughs) That would be amazing, though. (laughs) But... Jesus did go to hell to take back the key of death. 
Now, after he stole the key of death, he came back to Earth. You know, as the story goes, three days later, as he prophesied and told many, many people that he was coming back. After three days. Now, the high priests, um, I forgot what they were a part of. It wasn't the synagogue, or it might have been, I don't know, it was Sinna something. (laughs) That's the best I can remember for right now, because I haven't read it or heard it in a while, actually, and I feel like it's kind of bad to admit, (laughs) because I'm talking about this now, and I'm kind of going unscripted right now. That's why I don't have all my ducks in a in a row. I mean, I know the things, I just don't know the names very well. Um, but anyways, continuing. Now, they wanted to... They thought that his disciples were going to steal the body and say that Jesus resurrected. Well, they placed guards there to stay and keep watch to make sure that nothing like that would happen but on the third day third night yeah third night you know when it hits midnight um an angel arrived and i can't remember completely what happened either they fell asleep and were awakened by the angel or were already awake and the angel put them to sleep But anyways, after the angel showed up and broke the seal, broke the, um, moved the tomb, moved the ginormous stone that probably had to be moved by, like, three or four men to be able to put it there, um, and Jesus came out, and, yeah, well, the guards went back and told the high priests what they saw of the angel, But, because the high priests still didn't want people to believe it, they told them to lie about it and say that they fell asleep and that the disciples must have came while they were sleeping. Now, the next day, three of his women disciples, I know it was Mary Magdalene, And two others, which I feel bad that I forgot their names. I think there was another Mary. Then there was another one. I I, I forgot, but... (laughs) Anyways, they came to check up and, you know, do spices and herbs and things like that for the body. Because usually they would do that. But because of the situation, um, they weren't really able to do that. To do the normal practices that they would do in their time whenever someone died and anyways I went there and when they went inside the angel had showed up and told them that Jesus had risen now in the 40 days it was 40 days that he was had come back that he'd stayed in the 40 days many many people saw him it wasn't that he just appeared to his disciples and his disciples only and many many people saw him 
after they had heard or seen of his passing, they saw him there preaching once again and healing people. Now, um, I think it was Thomas who became skeptical at first because all the disciples except for him were in the room when Jesus first showed up to his disciples. And he wasn't there to see it. And he said, no, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it myself. And that's how a lot of people are with God. They're like, no, I'm not going to believe in God. Not until he proves himself or shows himself to me. Because until then, he's not there if I can't see him. When in all factuality, factuality, not Okay, I don't know the right term. <laughs> but in all honesty, there's a reason why we have faith. Faith is believing when you haven't really seen it all. Believing when sometimes proof may be hard to come by. But certain things that will happen to you are proof enough. I've had certain things that have happened to me that are proof enough. And if I told people, they would probably be like, oh, it's probably on your head. I, I know the difference between what's inside my head and what I'm hearing outside of my head. It's a very clear difference. It's like when thinking and then hearing something else, like hearing someone talk, it's two completely different things. And anyways, well, that happened. Uh, Jesus showed up in front of Thomas, um, I think a couple hours later or the next day or something. I don't exactly remember, but Jesus did show up and he told them. And I think Thomas asked him, are you really real? Are you just like a ghost or a spirit or something? And Jesus told him like, no, I'm not. I have a body and you can come and feel my scars. Or no, wait. I think Thomas might have asked him if he could feel his scars to know if he were real. I, I don't remember how it goes, but Thomas, they all eventually start to feel his wounds to make sure that he's real. And sure enough, he's real. He's in a physical body. He's right there in front of you. <laughs> Even though you did kind of disappear or re- reappear out of thin air. <laughs> now, before Jesus was ascended into heaven and opened up, and heaven opened its arms to him to come back home. He told them that John was baptized with water, but you will be baptized with fire or with the Holy Spirit. And and what he meant by that, and I said this earlier, but what he meant by that is that 
They washed away their sins with baptism. But the Holy Spirit will come and wash our sins away. It's the belief and the faith that we have in God that washes our sins away, not our good deeds, not how many times that we've done this thing that's helped God or helped the, um, you know, the, uh, what's the right word? The knowledge of God. I mean, yes, God does smile upon that. He does feel very grateful and wants us to do that. But that alone will not get you into heaven. And I've said this in a previous episode, the only way to heaven is repenting of your sins and asking for Jesus to come in your life. That's the only way. There's no alternative. And yeah, at first, it's going to be kind of hard to break away from some habits that you've had that that are probably not the best habits. But, as it's also said, anything with God is possible. Or nothing is impossible with God. Because God, he can break habits like that. He's done it to me. He's helped me, even though I have gone back to them. I haven't gone back to it in a couple weeks now, and I'm, I'm very proud of myself. And I'm very proud that God has helped me through my journey of that thing, of that addiction that I've stopped. And it saddens me. But I'm also very grateful and happy that he's been able to keep me from that thing. Now, I've been a Christian for what feels like all my life. I've known about God all my life. But I'd say I really became a Christian. I really started to meet God and know God better. When I was maybe around 10 or 11. And that year... I'm sorry, excuse me. That year was a really, really bad year. And a lot of things, I'm sorry, a lot of things happened. And to be honest, I can't even remember that much from those years. And a few of those years to pass. Because my mind kind of my mind kind of blocked some things out. It blocked a lot of things out actually. And my mind tends to do that a lot. But I'm just starting to find my way. And God has helped me through that journey. He's helped me so much. And he can help you. 
Now, when you're a Christian, you mess up. You don't have to feel so guilty. You don't have to feel guilty. I mean, you probably will. But don't be too hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself down about it. Just pick yourself back up. Ask for God to help you find your way again. Ask for him help you to help you not to do those things again. And ask for faith and belief in the hard times. Not only in the hard times, but in the good times. Always praise God, no matter how far in the hole you are. Praise him for the things you have. And pray for the things you need. And sure enough, God will. He will bring it to you, even if it's in a matter of days, hours, weeks, seconds, minutes, years, even. God knows what's best for you. And he will always do what's best for you. Even when it seems like it's not the best for you. Even when you feel like you're at the edge, that you can't take it anymore. That it seems like he's torturing you. But he's not. He's helping you learn. Helping you develop and grow. Through different obstacles that will happen that have happened. Because... When Satan does things, people try to put the blame on God, when really it's not God's fault. Satan's the one who did that. You just want to blame, you you don't want to blame him, so you blame God. And sure, maybe there was something that God could have done to help stop that thing. But... He might have saw it as a learning for you, a growing thing for you, something you can develop, and it may not feel like that. It may feel like it may feel like pure torture, and that it's never going to get better. I'm sorry, and that every day it's just going to get worse and worse. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you a little lie, like, oh, it's going to get better. It's, it's going to, life is going to, you know, (laughs) no, life is hard. And it hits people hard. And this is coming from, I guess you could say I'm a child, basically. (laughs) I'm still very young. And life is not fair. And... 
it can really hurt. But God, but when you have a God, when you have Jesus in your heart and the Holy Spirit, those terrible things that you're going through, that may feel like the world is ending, they aren't as important anymore. Because God gives peace to those with weary hearts. Because when you have faith in God, those problems, as big as they may be, and as time-wrecking and as long as it takes with God it does get better it does feel better now just when when you become a Christian those obstacles are still going to be there it's it's not going to just stop because you become a Christian the world is still the world. Satan is still Satan. Evildoers are still evildoers. Yes, you can change things. You can change people. But that doesn't mean that obstacles are still going to get in your way. If not, more obstacles will get in your way just to jeopardize your newly found relationship with God. Jesus loved everybody. He never once held hatred towards people. I mean, there was that one moment where people were selling things in the temple, in the worship place, and he, you know, flipped a bunch of tables and whipped whipped a whip around, like, telling people to get out. But he, he didn't hate them. Um, Jesus and God. God is a God of love. Even as stupid or as t- much you may not want to love somebody or may not want. Or may not want to stop hating because of what they've done or said to you. People can do and say stupid things. And, and a lot of times, they regret those things, either later in life or, like, in a couple of minutes after saying it. And they won't even mention it because they feel bad about it or they feel too prideful to say anything. And they may not even understand why they would need to apologize But I'm not saying that you have to love them, that you have to like them. You don't have to like everybody. But any hatred you have in your heart, you can't hold that. 
Now, I'm about to bring up something very personal for me. And it may be a little... It's, it's very emotional. Just thinking about it. Um, I'm going to try and sound as fluent and <laughs> clear as I can. But... I'm sorry. There was one person who I held hatred towards. And keep in mind, I've never met this man before. I've only ever seen him once. This was at that hard, in that hard time in my life. The man had caused the death of my father figure. Who had been in my life. Who had been in my life. For. (laughs) Ever since I can remember. Um. And. The man didn't mean to. It was an accident. But. I held I held so much anger and hatred towards this man because of the accident that he had caused and in that time is when I started going to God for things, and, you know, (laughs) I'm so sorry, I'm trying to sound normal, (laughs) I promise, I'm trying my best, um, hang on, that day in court, when we were supposed to go, when we went, um, that was initially the first time I had seen him, and to be honest, I imagined him a lot more different in my mind. He was much more shorter and didn't really have a beard. But, um, I don't know why, but, sorry, random thought. But, I remember before I got there, I thought of so many scenarios when I'd first see him. So much hatred I had. And then... When I saw him for the first time, all the hatred that I had, it kind of just dissipated. 
because when I saw it, man, I can't say it for anyone else. And I don't really know how to say it without it sounding crappy of me, I guess. But in that moment, is when God told me not to be angry. And all the other emotions, all the other emotions flooded in because I couldn't stay angry at this person. Sure, he could have done things that would have not caused the accident, but in complete honesty, it was an accident. This man wasn't intending to do anything. Now, it may be hard, it's probably really hard to not per se forgive someone, but to not be angry at someone for something that they did intend to do, even if, especially if it was a very horrible thing. It, it would probably be a long and hard process for you to not be angry at that person for doing to you or a person you know. But anger... Anger doesn't solve anything. Sure, you can hit something, punch something, someone. But that's... That's not gonna help. Sure, sometimes it might feel better. But it's not gonna satisfy you. Because anger takes over a person if you let it stay for too long. If you let it build its home in you. And you could take that anger out on other things, other people by accident. I've I've done this. Not per se because I let anger rule me but because I held things in for too long and there was just a breaking point where I couldn't take it anymore and I had to do something I had to say something and I mean I am sorry for what I did it was a sucky thing I mean in all honesty it was just some mean words it's it's not like I said anything horrible But it was just, at some point, there will be a breaking point. There will be something that will set you off because you can't handle it anymore. You can't hold in the pain and the anger and the despise anymore. That you have to let it out somehow. And you might do some things and say some things you regret. And you don't want to do that. 
pray. Prayer is one of the best options out there. One of the best things you can do. If you're lost and if you're afraid or scared or angry and you don't know what to do. Anger and all these things. Prayer works. And some things take time to get over. It's not in a matter of seconds that things will go away. Some things will take time. And there will be certain points in those time-taking things that are in your way. Or, you know, when you're just trying to take time to let it heal. Or to cope. Where it feels like it's never going to end. Like there's no hope. That nothing you do or say will help fix it. And it might not fix it. Not completely. But prayer will help you through those hard times and in the good times. (laughs) Jesus talks about love. In 13, in, whoa, (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) wrong words spilling at at the wrong time. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it reads as follows, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but in the greatest of these is love. And then there's another Bible verse. This is also in Corinthians If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have the faith to say to a mountain jump and the mountain jumps, but do not have love, love, I am nothing. If I give everything that I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say or do, I'm bankrupt without love. God is a loving God. That he sent his son come down to earth to die for us and to be and to steal back what's rightfully ours and to bring him back
Jesus loves you. No matter what people try to tell you or try to say. God will always love you. Even, even when you are probably at the bottom of human scum. Which may feel and seem like it's unlovable to love you. Unlovable to love that person. God loves you. And he loves them. He doesn't love what they're doing or what they've done, but them as a person. He can change them. And he loves them. He loves us. He doesn't want us to be in pain. But he doesn't shelter us either. Anyways, I want to thank you for listening along with me on this. Actually, this video was very long compared to some of my other ones. Um, I think my first video was actually this long. Um, I'm happy at how long this video was, even though half, like half of the video started going into different, into a different direction. Although not really, because. You know, I was trying to explain that Jesus is love. Jesus is love. So, thank you for listening. Um, the next episode, hopefully, I will script. Um, I don't know what I'll go into. I'll figure it out. But I have I have a lot of time on my hands actually. Um, now, and I'm very sorry that this video took so long, or this episode took so long to come out. I don't really know what's been going on with me the past couple of weeks. Um, I haven't feel felt very motivated to do it, and when I have tried doing it in the past. It came out sloppy, and I didn't like how it came out, and I didn't really know completely what I was talking about. I mean, I knew, I know what I'm talking about. I knew what I was talking about. It's just, I felt like I needed to know it better. But tonight, I just, I felt a calling for me to make this, finally. So... Until next episode, God bless you.